podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. I'm Sam Keir, host of Hitman for Hire, a year in the life of a franchise cricketer. For the past 12 months, I've been talking to T20 star David Visa, getting his take from behind the scenes at the IPL, the 100 and the rest of the world's biggest leagues. That's the Donnelly view system deal. There's no <laughs> ways in my mind that was up. These guys don't know how to win at this stage. He had his driver pick him up in his Bentley. People start chanting your name. You kind of have to pinch yourself. Hitman for Hire, a year in the life of a franchise cricketer. Listen now, wherever you get your podcasts. Sport Social. Summer's coming, Washington, D.C., and so are pesky mosquitoes. Don't let mosquitoes ruin your backyard fun. Call your local True Green experts for True Green Mosquito Defense. This science-based treatment will help control mosquitoes in your yard within 24 hours and keep your family and pets comfortable all season long. Save 50% on your first mosquito service by visiting TrueGreen.com summer or call 877-629-0092. Say goodbye to mosquitoes and hello to the perfect outdoor space for summer. Call True green today so let's say you're into yoga or pilates or maybe you dabble in gymnastics like me either way you know being flexible is key to doing what you love that's why smoothie king created this stretch and flex smoothie for people like us with whole fruits and organic veggies plus type 2 collagen make it part of your daily fitness routine to support flexibility and joint health so try the stretch and flex smoothie and tart cherry or pineapple kale order online today for pickup or delivery Smoothie King, rule the day. Hello, good evening and welcome for the second time this evening to the LFC Day Trippers. Uh, this is our build-up show, looking forward to Arsenal versus Liverpool. And the show is brought to you by Paddy Power, a bookies website and an app. If you gamble, please do so responsibly. And if you do, please choose to do so with Paddy Power. So, now that that's out of the way, I'm the host, Keith Plunkett. And tonight I'm joined by two regulars at this stage on our podcast. I'm joined by Alex from the Cop TV. Alex, how are you? Yes, I'm very good, brothers. How are we? Top top of the morning here, top of the morning. And I'm joined by the main man, Stroh, back again. How are you, my man? Good, man. Good. Very good. Uh, Excellent stuff. Ah, living the dream, lads. Living the dream, you know. Um, the the listeners are in for the treat tonight because we had Gavin Grizz on there at 8 o'clock and they had that and now they're back on for a bit of us to talk about Arsenal. So, um. A few bits to talk about, and I want to get your opinions beside the match. Before we go on to the match, I want to get your opinions, lads, on some of the reaction to the Man City um, overruling of the ban and some of the comments that's coming out from from the managers, basically, today. Alex, I'll come to you first. What are you making of some of the stuff that like Guardiola is coming out with, Mourinho and Klopp? Yeah, I mean, Guardiola's come out and said he demands an apology. Uh, from everyone, I don't think he's going to get that. To be honest, I think he, he can try, but I can't see anyone apologising. Listen, it's a tough one because my mate um, Kyle Walker, the presenter at Man City, uh, he did a story today. You know, re- reacting quite sarcastically to it, and it was, obviously it was early morning. And I haven't had my tea yet, so I must have gone like, "Bro, come on, you know that's a disgrace. Don't be, don't be making it some sort of satirical joke. You know that you've got away with it." And he said, "Well, you know, that's the the, the rule books have said that they haven't done anything wrong." But then I'm like, "Well, why have you been fined ten million? Then that means you have yeah. done something wrong, surely." So, listen, the managers can say what they want. I agree with, to be honest, Mourinho for the first time in my life. Uh, I was a nodding dog watching him um, <laughs> for the first time ever uh, and last time. Um, but listen, at the end of the day, we all know they've cheated and we all know this is one big joke. Where, However you want to address it, I was talking about um, this with Lee Judges earlier on top of the cops and it's it's an absolute disgrace, to be honest. Um, you know, is there any justice in the world? Shout out to Lamar. The, the great forgotten <laughs> Lamar doesn't get many shout outs these days, so you know, I'll go to with the shout outs. You get me, 
So gone. Great honesty. Oh yeah, one of the one of the greats. One of the greats. Um, and Stroh, our man, our feet on the ground in Manchester. What's the vibes over there? For the fifteen city fans that actually live in Manchester, <laughs> um, they, they've got away with one. They, they know they've got away with one. Yeah. They, they really have. The obviously it sounds bad saying this, but coronavirus has done well for city. Realistically, if coronavirus doesn't happen and we don't have this pandemic in, UEFA don't relax financial fair play. I can guarantee that the ban would have been held. Because the thing is, it's like when you look back at, I was saying this on the radio show that I do with JV and Flawless yesterday, was if you look back at the statement UEFA initially released, it's serious breaches of financial fair play. Yeah. Serious breaches. So if you wait for a found serious breaches, how come the sport of arbitration has turned around and said that they can't find anything? None of it makes sense. And then what, they've been fined £10 million for not replying to emails. Like yeah. It just doesn't add up. Exactly. So yeah, they, 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 they've got away one big time. And it just goes back to what everyone knows in normal day-to-day life, money talks. Exactly. And the the thing that's, you know, all this nonsense about apologies and all, you know, it, it, they weren't found, you know, not guilty, innocent of any. They, they were fined 10 million euros because they were guilty. They got off because the, the time was just beyond the statute of limitations, you know what I mean? And demanding apologies and all this sort of thing. It's, it's pretty farcical. Look, my take on this is fair play to them. They've got away with it. But, you know slink into the, the background now. Don't be doing an OJ Simpson and starting to read and release books about how you got away with it and all looking for apologies all over the place. It's, it's yeah. just a bit mad. Um, and as Sean, he's at the throne in the chat there, um, Pep's a, a wanker and the apple doesn't fall far with Arteta. We beat them fair and square. The sovereign state is yet to secure a Champions League. So let's hope that continues. And that's true. Guardiola going on about, you know, see us on the pitch and all this. Like Liverpool have gone head to head with them and beaten them. You know, so I don't know why some Liverpool fans are reacting sort of like it's the end of the world. It's far from it. You know, it's far from it. So we'll see how it goes next year. Really annoying. That's that's it's 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 actually just morally wrong. It's morally wrong, is dead right, Alex. It is morally wrong. And when you when air club and look, we can take the moral high ground on it. When air club are trying to, you know, do it in a sustainable way and you see others flouting the rules like that. It is frustrating. Now, and you can understand it from Klopp's point of view, and I suppose Mourinho has his own take on that as well. But um, look, it's 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 a talking point, and it's it's one I just wanted to get his views on before we uh, we move on to the, to the Arsenal game. But um, yeah, I think it, it could rumble on. Do you, do you reckon your wife, uh, your wife will try and take it any further, or is that that? Can it go any further than it already has? I mean, we all got the notifications on our phone in February. Man City get a ban from European football for two mm-hmm. years. First reaction to that for me was, well, they'll appeal it and they'll get one year. That's what I thought happened. That's and where I thought it was going to go. People are saying, oh, I'm not surprised. I am surprised by this. I'm surprised that this is still happening, stuff like this. So for them to get no years, it's just, it's mad. Sorry, since what I was going to say, it's a good question because what do you wait for do now? Because if in yeah. one or two, three years' time you've got a club that's deliberately breaching financial fair play, you wait for after this ruling haven't got a leg to stand on. It's, it's is, left them in a shit situation with everyone. Is it a case of your way for? I know the lads done the club pod on the day trippers last night and they were talking about. Um, you know, maybe it's it's people are looking at it the wrong way that your way FFP is dead, but maybe it's a chance for your wafer to just tighten her up and you know try and cut out because it was your wafer that balls up. You know, we're not not charging them or whatever at the time, but maybe they'll look to uh, tighten up their regulations going forward. It's no use, you know, when PSG and Man City are getting away with it now. It'll be a, the looks of an AC Milan in two years. They'll get hammered. Do you know what I mean? When they overspend, yeah. and there'll be an easy sort of a, an easy team to lash out of it. Do you know what I mean? So it's frustrating. But look, it is what it is. It's all just a bit of fun at the end of the day. It's uh, you know money laundering and sports washing and all that. It's all great crack, really, isn't it? But we won't get involved in that because that's not what we're here for. We're not about all that. We're here to talk about Arsenal versus Liverpool. 
Straw, I'm going to come to you. Arsenal versus Liverpool. What do you make of this traditionally? Is this a fixture you look forward to or is it one you're sort of a bit sketchy about? And I'm talking about the one at the new hybrid, whatever they're calling that, the Emirates. Uh, They've always been entertaining games. So just from a football point of view, it always breeds goals. They're always mad games. Like Mane's debut, I think that ended up 4-3. The 3-0 game just before Christmas the other year and they, they're always entertaining games to watch. It's just, I find it frustrating because Arsenal are terrible. Like, they're an awful side. That, like, I mean, you look at the the London derby on, on the weekend and it's just like, they can't defend to save their lives. And it's like, I look at it and we really should be going there and putting three, four past them. Um, but traditionally for the past few seasons, regardless of how good our attack's been, we just it's like Old Trafford, it's just a ground that we just can't seem to play at for some reason and I just mm. can't get my head around it. Alex, would you be the same? Uh, for me, it's a bit different, you see, because I grew up in North London and around me is just Arsenal fans. I grew up around the era, around here, where you know everyone had a red stripe through their hair for Freddie Lundberg. And, yeah, yeah. So I've seen them be great, and I've seen my mates kind of since 2006 when they move into the Emirates slowly just fall away and become a pathetic excuse for a club. Really, <laughs> and it, like, I say that because I mean they're easily the third biggest club in in England, and I say that in sadness because I've seen them be up there. Yeah, and you know, I went to my old, my old man took me to my first away game at Highbury when I was six. Um, so I, you know, it's a special. It is a special club, Arsenal. To see it, to see it so toxic from the top downwards is actually quite sad. So it means a lot for me. Like Stro said, always a lot of gold. Um, that's guaranteed. Like Stro also said, in the last two seasons we've drawn there. But I mean, I was outside the Emirates yesterday with with Robbie and troops. Troops reckons it's going to be 3 0 to Liverpool, and so do I. <laughs> <laughs> the only silly sausage who said that it's going to be 2 2. Um, but genuinely, like Stroh said, you know, you look at uh, how they played against Spurs going forward, they're nice to look at. But, um, and, and the, I suppose the lazy narrative from, from Arsenal fans is, oh, we're like you, but in 2015. I mean, to be fair, we had a serial winner in 2015 as a manager and they, they don't. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I can see us. You see Kalasin actually the other day. If he's got a right foot, that ball goes into the right-hand side of the field. Because he's lazy and he's already facing his goal and he's left-footed, yeah. he gives it to Louise and Louise can't bring the man down because he'll just get another red card. That's one mistake. And the second mistake is putting Tierney on Alderweireld. So... If they cut those silly mistakes out, just like Liverpool did, you can see that they'd be a good team, but they need to invest big time. I don't know if it's going to happen. But I'm I'm like Stroh. I think this one really could be, if we score first as well, if we get an early goal, it's absolutely lights out for them. And it could be embarrassing. But I said that early. I said we were going to win 4-0. You know. I'm, I'm the exact same. I predict goals all over the place in all our games and, and we're not doing it since we've come back. But you know what? Um, you said something there, Alex, and I couldn't agree more. To me, it's a sad state of affairs what Arsenal are because they are the third biggest club in England as far as I'm concerned. And for a lot of people, even my age, you know, they were the other big club growing up. They, You mentioned Freddie Lundberg and it's something I wanted to get on to is the sort of goal threat that Arsenal have. And I was looking, right, so we'll move on to it now. Um, we all know Aubameyang's that goal goal threat. Yeah. He's got what nineteen twenty goals um, yeah. in the league. Lacazette is the next one up with nine, and then it's Pepe with five. And I think Pepe's goals. I don't. He's probably got one from open play, maybe, and the others have been free kicks and pens. Yeah. Where are the goals coming from in this Arsenal team? You know, I know there's they've they've got young players coming through like Sacco and the like, Osaka and the likes, and he is a good player. And you know, they've decent Sabayas is in the team now, and he's he's a tidy ball player. But when you compare that the Arsenal team, the Lomborg team that you were talking about there, right? And you had Freddie Lomborg and you had Robert Perez both on the wings, and they were regularly getting goals. You had Petit from centre mid getting goals. Then you had Henri and Bergkamp up front, and you had Ian Roy, and you had everyone else in the team getting goals. This is a far cry from that. 
isn't it? Like this is not a, a very they you say they're good going forward and, and they can be, but their goal threat just isn't there this year, is it? I mean, they haven't scored as many goals as those teams did, that's clear. And they haven't until probably I mean Bamiang does get a lot of goals, but even when Van Persie was there, Fabregas would chip in with maybe yeah. ten in a season. Um, yeah, the goals. I mean, the midfield. I don't. Jacka normally gets a few. I don't think he's got any this season. We might have two or three. He normally gets five or six. You look at Sabios, who I think he scored one all season, maybe two. Uh, even though he's getting a lot of praise recently, he's their playmaker in the middle, so you'd expect him to be getting at least more assists. Uh, and Granduzzi doesn't score. Torreira doesn't really score. Trying to think, well, I mean, Ozil doesn't play. That's not even mentioned. Willock, Ozil, yeah. Um, yeah, scored an incredible goal against us in the League Cup. I'm actually quite happy that Martinelli's not playing. Because yeah. He's tweeting. He's a lot of trouble. At the cop end as well. And he had the cheek to come and celebrate about 10 rows in front of me on his knees twice. Um, yeah, now, isn't it? yeah, proper. Um, so, him not playing is a, is a big plus for us because he does bring goals and he's probably got about 10 this season yeah um, luck is that what a goal the other night just he just doesn't do it enough does he he doesn't, he no. doesn't. And it's been one of them things, Straw, isn't it? He gets played out of position an awful lot. Um, do you see a threat coming from the Arsenal front players? Or are you happy, as Alex said, that the likes of Martinelli most probably won't be playing? Like, Would you be happy to see a Lacazette, um, Aubameyang? And I'm assuming Enketia, is he suspended? Or is he I think back? he's just coming back from his back. Is he yeah. back? Oh, is he back? I think, I think, he's either, I think this is either the last game or this is the game where he returns. I know it's one of them. And do you feel that the goal threat of Arsenal now is it too? Is it just a case of you stop Aubameyang and you're literally cutting off their goal threat at, at the source? There is that the everything else then is just what, what happens happens. I know Alex said about Ozil not playing. We think that's a huge loss. What do you think of that? Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, you look at you look at that Arsenal team. It's crying out for a Mesut Ozil, that time that kind of player who can find the eye of a needle pass who can. He's like a pitlock. He can just unlock defences with certain balls. But the problem with Ozil is, is you can clearly see he's not interested. But the, the thing which, not worries me, but the thing when you look at games like this against teams like this who have got nothing to play for is we are their biggest game of the season. When Liverpool come to town, especially this season, because of the fact that we've just won the title, everyone wants to try and take that scout from us. Now that we've won it, everyone wants that victory in their belt. So, and you've seen it with Burnley uh, on the weekend, like great performance from them because it met, even though they've got nothing to play for, the fact that they've gone to Anfield and took points from us, stopped that record. That's their biggest achievement of the season. And you look at this Arsenal team, they're not going to finish in the Europa League. They're not going to finish in the Champions League. They're, they're a mediocre team. They've got nothing to play for. But the fact that we've just won the title and potentially they can go out and beat us and be whenever it comes to oh well Liverpool won the title oh but we beat him that season they'll cling on to it so you know the likes of Aubameyang's got a point to prove because it's Klopp Lacazette's got a point to prove because of all everything that's been said about him you know they'll raise the game but yeah I just you look at that team and Alex got it absolutely spot on the second ago when he's going through the players in you don't know where the goals are going to come from if you take Aubameyang out of that team there's nothing that really fears you with that Arsenal team, like not even defenders are chipping in with goals, which you normally see from clubs. So yeah, it's it's a weird one, Arsenal. I just can't put my finger on why they're not functioning as a as a front line and as a unit. It's just it's strange. Yeah, it is, and and a lot of people in the comments. Barry has his comment there about Ozil stealing the living three hundred and fifty k a week. Um, Aidan Andrew saying that Ozil hasn't been playing; he's been garbage. And, you know, like, he's a player that, that he divides opinion, but I'm actually a big fan of Ozil, and I, I can't understand how they can't walk him into the team and, and get something out of him, especially if you're paying him all that money. Like, it, it, they seem to be, I don't know, going out of the way to alienate, but maybe I'm picking that up wrong. I'm delighted he won't be playing because he's the type of player that can just cut you open. Now, one thing I will say is, Stro, you, you, you said it there, you know, teams look at Liverpool as their cup final now, and especially now that Liverpool... I've dropped that intensity. Do you know what I mean? It's it's not 
like it was pre um pre COVID where we were just a machine and even when we weren't playing well, we were grinding through. We've dropped it down maybe five, ten percent, and it gives teams a chance. You know, in the 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 tweet for this this pod I put does Arsenal season start now? Do you know what I mean? Because I have the same opinion. They could pick her up at nearly as a cup final, but in all honesty, I cannot see it happening. If Liverpool are really uh, show any intensity, I can really see them giving them a good licking. Um, is there any... Are we overlooking Arsenal? Because one thing I've asked you to was how you found the, the away game against Arsenal every season. If Anfield, we always give them a spanking, but this away game, we never... I think it was you, Stroh, said we never really perform or for whatever reason. And um, I'm just a bit worried that in one hand, I think we're going to beat them 3-0, but in another, two all wouldn't surprise me. Like, am I, am I getting too pessimistic or should we be thinking that we're going to steamroll this? From what you've seen from us as well since we've come back, so I'll go to Stroh with that one. To be honest, I think you've hit the nail on the head. It's not about Arsenal. This is never... And this will never be about Arsenal. It's how we approach it. Yeah. And that's how it's been since we've won the title. It's how we've approached games like, look at the Manchester City game, for example. Don't get me wrong, they're a fantastic side. We're still 21 points ahead of this so-called fantastic side. And the only reason why we got beat in a manner that we got beat, because you can clearly see that we weren't at it. And against teams who are half decent, if you're 5 or 10% below your normal level, they're going to give you a game. Burnley, like I mentioned, the prime example. And I don't think we're overlooking Arsenal. I mean, like, obviously, like I said, I've got the third eye viewing. And JV and Flawless and me, I was saying, whenever an Arsenal player or whenever Arsenal sign a player who's quality, like, like a Lacazette or a Pepe, they get Arsenal and they just get Rooney. Yeah. So it's like, the problem is, with games like this, is how do we approach it first and foremost? If, like you said, if we've got the intensity, I think it'll be three, four, possibly five. But it's all about how we approach it, especially now that we've won won the title in. Like I said, this is a cup final to Arsenal. This is a huge game for them, especially off the back of the of the derby because you know that's going to be hurting. Uh, I couldn't agree more. And Alex, how do you how do you think? Um, I get what you're saying, Keith. About it. we could, I mean, for me, it all depends on the first 25 minutes. If we score, then I might write, well, if we get another one before half-time, and we don't, I mean, listen, we, we threw a lead away against Burnley, but we don't throw away leads anymore after 2-0. Uh, once it's 2 or 3, it's, it's game over. Um, and it just depends. The first 25, though, you never know. You don't know what could happen. They could score first and then we're on the back foot. Because it can be like that at the Emirates. We've had a lot of draws there down the years where it's very tight. In the Champions League as well, I remember Cal, um getting one over the line and it was one all that we took back to Anfield I can remember us the last game they actually beat us in in any competition was that 2015 4-1 defeat at the Emirates uh, they haven't won Anfield since like 2010 but we haven't won there since 2016 so it could be one of those cagey ones but if I'm Klopp I'm saying right let's get this game finished in the first half an hour um, let's be absolutely ruthless. And you've seen how many chances we've spurned in the last two games alone. If three of those go in, we're absolutely laughing. And then we bring on the Harvey Elliott, the Nikos, the Curtis Jones in 60 minutes plus. Yeah, I agree. Tony smacked it, smacks it on the head there. That back three, I've seen Jenga more stable than them. <laughs> <laughs> on the floor as well. It, it's it's so true, isn't it? I mean, I think that'll be the tone. I think sometimes you can tell with Liverpool, you know, how the game starts, whether they're at it or they're not. You can also tell by Arsenal, you know, if they look flaky at the back, if you don't put your foot on the throat, you know might scutter your way through. But all ahead. that needs to happen for, for us to know that we're going to win that game, if the first 10 minutes go by and Arsenal boot it out when they were supposed to get it to feet for a throw-in, and Louise starts arguing with Kalasinac in the first 10 minutes about whose fault it was, that's when you know we're going to win the game. Because if them two are arguing and not together, they'll just, they'll just give it to us. Yeah, it's a great point because there's so much sort of, there doesn't look to be much of a team um, 
cohesion there in the Arsenal team at the moment. And maybe it's, you know, Arteta needs time to sort of weed out some of the players. But then you see contract extensions for the David Luizes of this world, Cedric Suarez, Pablo Mardi, all these guys. So I don't know what, what way he's planning on building that. Now, he has, before I move on to, to Arteta, yeah, what we were saying there about how Arsenal start, if we, if that back three starts acting the maggot and we had, let's say, Naby Keita playing and against uh, Brighton, Naby Keita was pressing, you know, from early on. If we start the game like that, they're in big trouble. You know, and you don't want to let them play their way into the game is what I'm sort of getting at. You know, it's it make them, punish them and, and keep them sort of in trouble is is the way I'd be looking to do this. Uh, do you think Arteta might have something up his sleeve, Alex? Or do you think it's the same old Arsenal just with a different manager? Or what do you think? Well, he must have had something off his sleeve for the Tottenham game, surely. <laughs> and that didn't work. So... You can have the thing is people can have what they think is something up their sleeve when they play us. But like Brighton, if we score two goals in the first eight minutes, the game's over. No matter what, you, you could have anything up that sleeve. I was going to say something, but it's probably inappropriate. Um, but uh, yeah, you could have anything. Yeah, you could have. Anything. <laughs> no, it was a reference to uh, someone who went missing and, and, and is still not found. Um, oh, yeah, Move yeah. on. <laughs> yeah, move on. But but what I'm saying is, you can have a plan, but your plan just becomes a a, a salvation plan after after ten minutes if we get it right. If your plan, I suppose, is giving the ball to David Luiz to play out of back, um, you know the plan is the plan is in trouble from the, from the outset. It's um it's it's one that I mean Arsenal, for example, I. Gav has said numerous times, and I've agreed with him, that they're a, f- a fascinating team and you'd nearly love to deal with Pod about them alone because oh, they're yeah. the worst big club, aren't they? Yeah, Gav, I've, Gav said that loads of times, to be fair. They're the worst yeah, big club in, in the Premier League. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it is sad, man, because like you say, we've seen them up there and I feel for the fans now because they're just going through I mean, they've been going through transition now since Wenger left. And even towards the last two years of Wenger, you were preparing for life after him. So, yeah. you know, it's it's a sad state of affairs. The only thing I can say for an Arsenal fan is if they truly do believe that Arteta is the man, which a lot of them do, to be fair, then give him at least three years. Yeah, You have to give him three years. If not, you might as well get Mourinho in next season. Yeah, and that just recycles the 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 this the cycle. Obviously, it just starts again, and your your plan. It's another three year plan that lasts a year. Another three year plan. There's no stability, you know. There's no stability there, and they need to get that. Stro, um, do you do you think Arsenal? Do you think Arteta could be building something there? Is it? Can you see any uh, green shoots for them that they can look to build on? I think you can see he's definitely improved him since he took over. You can definitely see that um, from the patterns of play to, and it sounds ludicrous saying this, but for the first few games, you could tell he, he'd got them defensively a, a lot better. That doesn't say much because there's still a shambles, but mm. you can tell there's been definite improvements there. Now, whether he's, he's building something, I've got a completely different take to what most people do when it comes to this Arsenal situation in, People might say I'm being a bit hasty or anything like that, but I watch a lot of American football. Now, obviously, we all know Cronky's the owner. He also owns LA Rams, big NFL team, massive franchise. And he's in the process of building a £5 billion stadium in LA. Yeah. Here's the, here's the problem, though. He's behind on his payments. So he's having to go to the NFL committee and the other teams to help fund the stadium. So what repercussions does that then have on Arsenal? It's like a domino effect. So if yeah. he misses payments that way, then what happens? Then he needs to start taking assets and start selling stuff. So then that affects Arsenal at some point. And then you could end up in a situation like we had with Hicks and Gillette, where Arsenal could just go completely downhill instantly and 
that's something as an Arsenal, if I was an Arsenal fan, I'd be seriously looking at and be worried about. It might not happen this year, but the fact that he's building a £5 billion stadium and he can't afford it and he's having to go to the NFL for it, it's worrying. So, although Arteta might be the right manager, I don't think they're going to back him. Like, yeah, they've just yeah. spent £72 million on Pepe, but they're spending it in the wrong areas. You could spend that £72 million on three defenders. That yeah. That's what Arsenal need. It's, it's criminal. You're spending £72 million on a player that's hardly featured. He scored, what, five goals this season, like you said? Whereas you could go out, you could you could get a cooler barley, you could go and get a, a marquee signing that would strengthen that defence. And they just they refuse to do it constantly. And when they have got the money, they spend it criminally. So do I think Arteta is doing a good job? Yeah. Do I think he's the man for the job? Possibly. But the cronky situations are really worrying one for Arsenal fans. It's a great point about the Cronky situation because, yeah, he's building that stadium in Inglewood in um, California, and yeah. it's it's an absolute money pit at the moment. But have you seen have you ever seen his ranch that he has in Texas yeah. as well? It's absolutely bleeding huge. Like, and Arsenal fans go mad because he's building, he's buying up this all this land. He's he's building stadiums. That's it. It's a it's on, on dodgy ground at Arsenal and that's that's one of the things Alex that we me and Gav have mentioned before and I'm sure he's probably said to you about you know there just there's no cohesion there from top to bottom Strauss touched on it there you know he might they might have a good coach in Arteta but is he going to get the support or is he going to be expected to work with the youth, youth players coming through? And they have got good youth players coming through. They've got Saka after getting into the team. They've got Reese Nelson, who's highly rated. They've got um, Emil Enketia and even another lad, don't they? Um, Smith Rowe, Emil Smith-Rowe out on loan as well that they have high, you know. Yeah. Is that going to be the route they're going to go down and look to blood in these young players? Do you think that might be how they do it and just get them playing ball or... I mean, for that. For confidence in your financial plan, look for a CFP professional. When your financial advisor earns the CFP certification, it means he or she is trained to provide ethical financial planning across a holistic range of topics, from retirement and investing to taxes and estate planning, all in your best interest. So, with a CFP professional, you'll feel confident in your financial plan today and tomorrow. Three letters do make a difference. Visit letsmakeaplan.org to find your CFP professional. To work, it's and and, and challenge with those young players has only happened once in my life. I mean, that's, well, I was born in '94, but the class of '92 is the only time I've ever seen that become title-winning level. Um, I mean, I was talking about it earlier with Lee. It's toxic from the bottom, uh, from the top down. Uh, there's so many things wrong with that club. Erzul, for one, is sucking them dry. Uh, the owner won't spend money. He won't give the time or support to to anyone for more than two or three years. Um, it's a sad. It's a very. I think, like Stroh said, Arsenal sadly got probably the worst to come, um, and it is sad. But listen. <laughs> We should be giving them an absolute beating tomorrow, and then after that, I hope that they sort themselves out because, um, you know, we feel their pain. I guess. Yeah, it it is as reminiscent. There is bits that are reminiscent to ourselves, I suppose, a few years yeah. ago. But it's it's just one of them. I'll never figure them out. You know that way, like they yeah. they're a big club. They haven't had a sniff of a Champions League. They're you know, and from right, Man City haven't, but they've only been around for a couple of years, whereas Arsenal have been a big club for, for decades and haven't, like, they've got to one final, I think, and that's it. It's um, it, it's a, a strange, strange club. But you've about said something, you've about, right, if we're at it, it doesn't matter what Arsenal do. We're a better team than them. We're currently, as it stands, 43 points ahead of them. Yeah, I mean... Do you know what I mean? It's ridiculous. It's a pretty big gap, mate. Yeah. It, it, it's a, it's a big, big one to bridge, isn't it? You know what I mean? It's you know, I think to, to Lee, it was like what we have is the Holy Trinity, which Klopp always refers to, and that's the management slash board, players, and fans all singing off the same uh, hymn sheet. At Arsenal, you could argue, is there even two parties there singing off the same hymn sheet, really? Because it's definitely yeah. not the board. Yeah, so. And I know it's like a, it's become a thing now, this holy trinity. But when you think about the concept of it, it totally makes sense. And when you have all those three things, you're destined for. I mean, you know, Wickham have got it, but they're not going to win a Champions League. But they've got yeah. it. 
you know, they're a board of managers who've been given so much time and now they're reaping the successes. And it's, and Arsenal just don't have it. And to be fair, that's a, sorry to interrupt, to be fair, that's an amazing point because you look at the criticism Klopp got when he did the infamous West Brom game when they're all giving it and when Klopp came in, his famous words were turning doubters into believers. Like, because of the history that we had from the Hicks and Gillette to Roy Hodgson to Rodgers and falling short in the dramatic fashion that that ended to them when Klopp came in, like there was a lot of fans who were who were disheartened. There was a lot of fans who weren't happy with the fact that season ticket prices might potentially be put up and they were walking out of the cop at a certain time and loads of different things. And you look at the job that Klopp's done since then, he's not only give us our identity back, he's made everyone believe again. Even the people who... To be honest, there was a lot of fans when I was going to games who were just like, I'm done with this. Like, I've just completely had enough of it. And then when I go back to games, I see them again. And it's like, that's exactly what he's done. We are, the Holy Trinity is a perfect analogy. And Alex has got it absolutely spot on again. It's, I don't think there's many teams, not just in the Premier League, but in the world that have got that. And that's the reason why we are such a force and why we've been such a force since Klopp took over because he understood what he needed to do. He needed to get the fans back on side. He needed to get everything right upstairs to help him do his job and help him be successful. And you look at Arsenal, they've not got that because the board aren't willing to back him, like Alex has said. They've not got the personnel. The players look like they don't want to be there. I mean, when you've got your own club captain, Koscielny, leaving the club and doing that kind of a video, it's a disgrace. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Like, how, how do you let that happen? And how many captains are you going to let go on free transfers or to your rivals? Like, it just doesn't make any sense. Like, even when we were at our lowest, we never sold our biggest player to anyone in the Premier League. Yeah, we never did. What you've got to remember as well, though, we've got this Holy Trinity. United don't have it. They haven't had it for years with the Glazers. Real Madrid yeah. don't have it. Um, and, and, you know... Barcelona don't have it. Barcelona don't have it. So you can see why we're we're beating Barca 4-0. Yeah. But it is it, it is very true. It's it's something that, you know, it it's a simple way of explaining it, but it's 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 the truth, you know. You need everyone on board to to run the club smoothly and you know, City have it. Do you know what I mean? City have a a Not team easily. they don't have many fans, but they have a team. <laughs> And they have owners that, you know, you know, we won't talk about how they do it, but, you know, they're all on the same page. You know what I mean? It's like, how people is it? Yeah. yeah. There's a lot of grey area. No, so. just a bit. Yeah, just a bit of grey area. A few brown envelopes and all that sort of stuff. But Kevo, <laughs> yeah. Kevo Sullivan put a good point in there about, about Arsenal and, and we've all, we all know They've needed to invest in the spine for a decade and have refused to do it. it it's so baffling how it was a yourself, Straw said, you know, they're buying Pepe. They're paying 72 million for Pepe, but they're paying it in installments for about the next five years because they could only pay like 20 million up front and then it'll be something like 20 and 20 and 10. You know, it's they're investing poorly and they get linked with the likes of Thomas Partey now all the time. I don't know if they'll sign Thomas Partey. I think they'll be looking at another blading forward somewhere or a fullback that they don't necessarily need. You know what I mean? Like, it, there's no, even at the, the board level, they brought in the guy from Dortmund to be the, like the director of football. Then they got rid of him and brought in Adil. And there was all sorts of confusion at that level. There's just an absolute mess in Arsenal from, from top to bottom. But on the pitch this season, something I want to touch on, and uh, I'll come to you, Alex. They've only lost nine, which is less than City, less than Chelsea. Oh, it's this. Is it the same as City? Same as City, less than Chelsea and less than Leicester. But they're they're just draw merchants, aren't they? They just played in a ridiculous amount of draws. What we said earlier about where their goals come from, that's probably a a reflection of it. Uh, They drew 12 in their invincible season, to be fair, so they know about drawing. If troops was here right now, say it louder for the people in the back. Say it louder. Be right now, but if he was on here, but they they do they do like it. They do like the D. Facts, um, <laughs> you know. So yeah, they do draw a lot, and but the, but they lose well though, don't they? 
They're going to lose. They probably do it well. They don't oh, yeah. By half measures, they fucking lose. Good value for the, for the loss. Of hell. Your money's worth that hell. Yeah, it's in fairness, they, you know, it's never a dull moment, I suppose, looking from the outside in. And I know, like, Alex, you've sort of done a lot of work with um, some of the, the famous or infamous Arsenal fans that we'd see on sort of YouTube and all. Yeah. Are, are they sort of, is the feeling amongst them that I've seen some of the videos, obviously, everyone sees the videos. It's, um, yeah. Is it is that over exaggerated or is that the feeling you know that they just go and ape shit? The frustration is just boiled well, over all the time. Do you know what? The once and only time I'm ever going to big up Terry Fluers, <laughs> <laughs> I have to big him up for that DT video he did because that had years, <laughs> bro. The the Michael Jackson kick yeah. was quick there. Um, but Terry's been been baiting me a lot recently, so I'm half half in the mind to block him to be honest, but. Uh, no, I think um, the guys at Arsenal Fan TV, I can tell you now, and I told you this before we went yeah. on air, Keith, they are exactly the same as, as they are when the camera's on. Um, it's just so funny. Like, even to walk that, like, I've been in their office before, and troops who just absolutely screams when he talks anyway. He was talking about a debate between Wiley and Stormzy and who is the true king of Brian. And he was going mental. And that, there was no cameras in the room. And he was, like, honestly, I was next to him. I was like, mate, just, let's just bring the, 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 the decibels down. He was shouting so much. So he's like that all the time off, off camera. Robbie's just a good, a good dude. DT's quite funny, to be fair. Um, Ty's, Ty's just fucking deluded. But do you know what I think? As a as a as a as a fellow fan channel, what we have to do, I think, is actually stick up for them because a lot of people say, "Oh, they're toxic. They bring toxicity in the in the club." I'm sorry, but all they're doing is paying money to go to the match and giving us their true reflection of how they feel, and that's what we do. So you can't go to fan TV. What you can say. Is they're really fucking funny and they're great entertainment when they win or lose. You have to admit they're great entertainment and we laugh at them. But you can't have a go at them. You just can't. Because what are they doing wrong? They're doing what we're doing, but we win all the time and they lose. So they're going to be pissed off. If the players won every week, do you think half the people would, would watch, you know, DT and Troops? No, I'm telling you now. So, yeah, it's. <laughs> They're, they're a good bunch of lads, I have to say. They're a good bunch of lads. That's good stuff. Now, Stevie has thrown into the, the chat a few times. Alex, uh, he's looking for you. Troops broke his leg today. Is this true? He's not broke his leg. Um, Did he break his kneecap, apparently? He, 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 he's saying he might have potentially broke his kneecap. All I've seen is that he was in Barnet General Hospital, which is where I live. So I could have gone down there and given him some grapes, to be fair. But... Uh, no, I think he like he's got a cut on his on his leg, so I think he's come off his bike. So obviously, you know, I wanted to get better. I was only with him yesterday, and yeah, I know wishing the best, man. Yeah, all the best. He's going, yeah. to, um, he's going to America. He's going to live there, and he's got a visa. Um, so he's got to do thirty days with no weed, which will be hard for him. Oh, uh, good luck. Uh, Thoughts and prayers are with him. <laughs> but. Yeah, hopefully he's all right, man. But to be fair, Troops has always looked after me, so I can never, I can never oh, yeah. take people as you find them. You know what I mean? Shawnee Lawson has toy down as definitely playing a character. No, bro, Johnny, it's not, man. Trust me, it's not. Listen to this. This is what Ty is, right? I went into the office last week. He had two sets of headphones in at the same time. He had uh, Apple wired headphones <laughs> and Arsenal over ear headphones on. <laughs> And I'm like, why have you... And he was just walking around talking to people. He had his hat on, his bottle with him. This is like hot day, yeah? He's got his beanie on. And I'm like, why have you got two sets of headphones? Like, where is this all coming out of? And he goes, oh, well, you've got your DAB radio, which this is. Nice little wallpaper, that, by the way. And then your, your DAB plus radio, which is this. So he carries... And he carries like a, a brick phone around with him. I'm like, you know, if you just got one of these, like you could have all of that with one set of headphones and, you know, you can get any radio station you want. He's like, yeah, yeah, but the quality on this, like he's, I think he actually is like a, a fucking tube driver or something in, in the daytime, like when he's not at Arsenal fan TV, I think he is. Something to do with trouble. 
But he's he's deluded. Like, he's a nice fellow, man, but he is proper deluded. Like he wasn't blaming Kalasinac for the goal the other day. He's deluded, bro. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Look, it's all good crack, you know. I think yeah. it's it's one of them. I think our, uh, Arsenal Fan TV is something that a lot of people have jumped on and it's helped them grow. And look, we all do fan media and I support fan media, whether it's Liverpool related or whether it's Man United or Arsenal, any of them. I think it's it, it's a great it's a great um sort of format and platform for all fans. So look, some people take the piss out of them, you know, but it's the sort of stuff I like, so we let them away with it this time. Um, we'll move on to. Jonathan Davis comment, if you just want to pull that up. So, on my show tonight, I was going to have Claude and Lee Judges on, and we put a tweet out saying that we were having them both on. Uh, and then throughout the day today, uh, a video came out where Claude has made a comment uh, when Son got substituted. And, you know, the video is out there. I'm sure a lot of people have seen this today. It's probably got 200,000 views now. But in the video, he says DVD's going off. Now, there is a joke about Spurs fans making a DVD about wins and stuff. But to say it when Son goes off, I didn't feel comfortable with and and Stroh's heard me talk about this before. I didn't feel comfortable with someone who's got that heat around him right now for him to be associated with my name or my show. And he has come out and and he hasn't actually apologised. He's kind of said, "Well, I know what I meant," which is fine. And if Robbie wants to back that, that's fine. But me personally, when I got the call today to say, "Should we still have Claude on the show?" I said, I'm not comfortable with it. So just so people know, he was going to be on my show tonight. I mean, as a North Londoner, you'll understand this. That's That that doesn't mean anything. I mean, I understand that in my eyes, that could be seen as a racist slur. That's what I understand. I don't understand why he said it. I can't. And being from North London, that, that makes no difference whatsoever. So just to clear that up, yeah, because, uh, I mean, look, it is what it is. He said it now. I think it would have been a little bit better if he had said, yeah, made a mistake and move on. Um, but listen, each to their own. Me personally, I just, I mean, I was on a podcast today with Rince FM talking about, you know, how uh, how strong I feel about kind of calling people out about this kind of thing. So uh, there's no way I could have allowed that who's got that heat on him right now with the allegations to, to be on my show so yeah just yeah, didn't fit good stuff good stuff and Jonathan up saying he can understand you being uncomfortable and think we all can um, thanks for bringing the meal down there Alex you know we were having a good old right, dig at yeah. good old dig at Arsenal I'm only joking I'm only joking yeah, I'm only joking come up at some point. if you've seen the video it's, it is what yeah. it is look I'm only joking with you pal no, no joke um, we'll move on to the game again lads so Stro I'll come back to you Um the predicted lineup. How do you think we're going to line up for this game tomorrow? Um, Can you see I many think changes? Back five. Yeah, I, do you I think, think Trent back changes. in for Nico? Is it? Yeah, I think standard back five. So Trent, Gomez, Van Dijk, Robertson, uh, obviously Allison, Fabinho is a definite. I think we'll see. I think it'll be Wijnaldum and Kaita, to be honest. I think this game would probably suit Kaita down to the ground. I've I've had a few people who were Liverpool fans message me like, what do you think about Oxlade-Chamberlain in this game? And I just think that, I think he'd be good to bring on. I just don't think this game would suit him starting. Um, so I think Kaita, Wijnaldum, and then obviously the, the front three speaks for itself. Um, I think for, obviously for me, you know, back in Salah, uh, that that's what I can see us going with, and that's what I hope we go with. To be honest, and what about you, Alex? That's exactly the same team I predicted. That same midfield, the same three, and the same defence. Uh, yeah, I mean, what's the point in in playing Nico from the start tomorrow, and Curtis? You know, yeah, we have to, listen. We need this hundred and two points. I don't care what anyone said. I want that desperately. I want that like anything. So we have to win tomorrow and we have to win against Chelsea. And we have, 
that's just me anyway. What I'm saying is let's get the games done in the first half so we can bring the, the youth yeah. through. I agree. Do you know what? You've mentioned something there that I, I wanted to pick up on uh, and it's about the 102 points, the 100, whatever we can get, the max we can get. Yeah. We're getting, it's starting to creep in now that if we don't get this 100 points, that it's somehow not being a successful season. What are you making of that narrative that's being put out there? Uh, Straw, what do you think? Like, it, a also, lot of people are saying it. Also, yeah. also, also bullshit. Yeah. yeah. What, and and I'll, I'll tell you what this is. This is rival fans clinging at any hope and any chance they've got to try and tarnish this season. Anything. Whether it's Liverpool fans celebrating outside of Anfield when we won the title or it's a disgrace somehow that tarnishes the yeah. fact that we've absolutely dominated and smashed the league this year. Like I woke up to about 40 WhatsApps from just United fans that I grew up with, just with videos of it. I was like, yeah, we're celebrating. You guys would do exactly the same thing. I don't give a flying fuck, to be honest. Yeah. But it's, 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 you can, yeah, it's, I've seen the narrative and it was, oh, well, you should have gone more in favour. Like, obviously I've seen Alex's with troops and they went deep into competitions and da 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 it's like, but yeah, mean, what bro. what does that mean? Like, yeah. did you win any of them trophies? Yeah, like, bro, what are you talking about? Troops is talking because he just shouts over you like what I'm doing to you. <laughs> but it's like, it, it, so yeah, they're clinging on at anything they can to try and tarnish this because let's be honest, whether we get the 102 points or not, this has been one of the most dominant seasons from a team in this league that you will ever see. Yeah. I think I think we're already so if it stays the way it is, we've already broke the record for the biggest gap between first and second. And let and let's be honest, Liverpool fans weren't saying this. Media were spinning this that the, the city team that we're doing it to was the greatest Premier yeah. League team ever. That's the only reason why we were even involved in that conversation. Because they were spinning the narrative last season of how great this city team was. Lo and behold, Pep's ego gets involved, doesn't want to replace Vincent Company. He ends up 21 points behind this unbelievable Liverpool team. That's all down to him and and his ego because do I think we'd have won the league this season, even if he went out and got a centre-back? Absolutely. But it wouldn't have been this much of a gap. They wouldn't have lost the games. They wouldn't have lost the same amount of games as Arsenal, which is a disgrace, by the way. And why nobody's talking about how bad of a title defence this is from Pep Guardiola yeah. is beyond me. And it just shows that, listen, obviously, I, I joke about it with Terry constantly and Terry's constantly winding Liverpool fans up trying to say that we're rattled. Every team is rattled with the fact that they're talking about us not getting 102 points, but they're not talking about what Pep Guardiola's done and how bad of a job he's done. Yeah, that, that, it, it just goes without saying, we have absolutely shook the football world this year, completely shook it. Because this is the one thing that nobody wanted in England was us to win the title. And now we've done it, and you look at our team, and it's like they could go on and win it again and again. Whether we will or not, it's a different story. But we've got everything there, like you said, we've got a holy trinity. Yeah. So, yeah, whether we get the hundred and two points, like it's it's a dominant season, and I, I, I couldn't care. Like at no point, at the beginning of the season, if someone would have turned around to both of you and gone, "Do you want to win the title?" and then you go, "Well, yeah." But do you, do you know what I mean? Like, if you'd have gone, look, you win the title last game of the season yeah. by a fluky goal, every single Liverpool fan would have snatched every, that, that yeah. hand off because we hadn't won it before. I don't care about cup competitions this season. I couldn't care. I seen us win the Champions League last year. When was the last time you seen Arsenal win the Champions League? When was the last time you seen Chelsea win the Champions League? When was the last time you seen United win the Champions League? When was the last time you ever seen City in a Champions League final? There's no discussion to be had there. So I've seen us win cup competitions. Our main focus this season was and always was going to be the Premier League. So the fact that we've got the Premier League in such a dominant fashion and we can still go on and break the record, let the rival fans talk. Let them say that if we don't get 102 points, that it's a, it's a calamity of a season and it's a disaster. If this is a disaster, I'll take this disaster every single year. It's as simple as that. Lovely stuff, Stroud. That's exactly the sort of passion I was looking for when I brought that up. Uh, and you've hit the nail on the head, to be honest. And everyone in the comments is sort of agreeing. It's it's spot on. And the reason I wanted to bring it up as well was something you touched on there. No, go to Alex was the sort of nonsense on that show when troops was 
you know, throwing all this stuff. And someone mentioned there that, you know, the Arsenal Invincible sort of died on their arse after that, you know, and we, we've gone, people think this is just a one-off, we've won the league. We've won the league. We won the Champions League the year before that. We were in Champions League final the year before that. This isn't a one-off and it isn't a fluke. Is any sort of detraction of what we're doing fair or is it just ridiculous? When you consider the amount of praise that Man United are getting in the media for absolutely pummeling the bottom teams in the league with no crowd, is that a... Are we right to think just because I'm paranoid doesn't mean I'm not right? Do you know what I mean? Is is there some sort of... Well, uh, put it this way. If Klopp loses nine games in a league season, yeah, people, there's people's heads rolling. Guardiola loses nine games. Not much is said apart from our oh, Liverpool might not get the record now. Just, just all you have to do is flip it on its head if you want equality. Like we're both we're all playing the same game. Guardiola seems to get a fair ride, and now he wants an apology from everyone he can get. But yeah. um, <laughs> to be Sorry, what was the original question again, Keith? I don't know. I'm just still swept up by straw. No, I was just saying, you know, as <laughs> is the, the the narrative out there, you know, it's uh, are we are we right to think that are we are we paranoid about thinking that you know you know it will get a clean you know oh, everyone yeah, thinks yeah, they're the best things since sliced bread, where yeah. war somehow a failure for not getting hundred and two yeah. points. So get on this, lads. United are back, but they're forty oh. points behind us. Yeah. If they're back, then what are we? Exactly. I'm not being it's... funny. Um, you know, in that video, <laughs> to be fair, man, we, we did chat for about 45 minutes in that video and they cut it down to about six or seven minutes. Yeah. yeah. Kind of the, the fire points in there. But um, Troops did say in another point that wasn't in that was he actually admitted that our team was, you know, one to 11, even through gritty teeth was better than the Invincibles. Um and yes, they didn't lose a game, but you cannot deny the fact that if we do get 102 points, am I right in saying that's not only the biggest ever title in England? Is that the top five leagues as well? I think so, yeah. Yeah, I'm not sure. I then they respect us. Yeah. Like, See, no numbers on the board like that, lads. This exactly, is a, and that's it. This things like this before. Do you know what? I think it will be. People won't respect this team until Klopp goes the, the wider majority of football fans won't respect the greatness of what we're achieving until Klopp goes um, so yeah quite possibly quite possibly I mean like I said I, I'm a paranoid uh, wreck when it comes to this sort of thing I think we'll never get the credit that we deserve from certain uh, just tell you the media will never give us the credit Liverpool is not respected and end the story Man United are back they're you know, the best side in Europe, they've got the best centre-half in Europe who cannot defend, for sure. They've got, you know, great signing in Bruno Fernandes, great young player in Mason Greenwood, but somehow that's going to overturn the, the, the deficit with ourselves. But look, we won't get too hung up on them. We're in a league of our own here and we're playing this game tomorrow. So I want to get a prediction off this before we finish up, lads. And before we do, everyone smash that like button. Uh, yeah. We don't have many likes in here. It's not too hard. The little thumbs up. I will start charging for these shows, and the charge will be one like button or your bard. Yeah, so, so we can start getting paid. So yeah, well, that's it. That's it. It benefits everyone. Everyone's a winner in yeah. that. Then you yeah. know. But uh, well, now we move on to the predictions for the match tomorrow, lads. So Alex, I'll start with you. You know, you gave us your your inkling earlier at the start of the show, but yeah, I kind of on it. myself a bit, but. Uh... I'm going to stick with what I said. I, I, I think it'll be three or four nil. That, but that there's a big caveat to that though, and the caveat is how we perform in the first twenty-five. If there's no goals after twenty-five, then obviously things can change very quickly. Um, but if we start well, I just cannot see anything but what I would call a slumping. Yeah, and have you any? Um scorers in mind that you think my you know what I was talking to, to the lads yesterday about this I was thinking Firmino loves a goal against Arsenal Mane loves a goal against Arsenal Salah he sure loves a goal against Arsenal um, so one of them will easily score that's not even up for debate that's just there's four things certain in life 
death taxes, Terry Flew is tweeting about Liverpool and Mohamed Salah, Firmino or, or Mane scoring against Arsenal. So, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, you're, you're spot on. I think they all do love a, love a goal. And I think when Salah sees David, David Luiz, he, he lights up, you know what I mean? It's like, yeah, yes, yeah. let me... What Salah has to do is get the ball near him so he draws him in yeah. and then around him red cards. So. Yeah, row all over it. Straw, what are you thinking? How do you think this one goes? Give me a score, yeah, give me scorers. 3-1. 3-1. Good stuff, good stuff. Just because, just because it's at the Emirates and I just think that they're just going to somehow nick a goal in the most annoying fashion ever. But um, I agree with Alex, the first 25 minutes is key. If we get an early goal, it's game over. But as Wigan shown today, even if you don't get anything, or even if you get one within 25 minutes, from the 27th minute to half-time, you can score six. So <laughs> anything yeah. can happen in football at this point. But yeah, I think I think 3-1. I, I fancy Kaita for some reason, and I, I can't, I've just got this image in my head of just Kaita just rolling one in. It's it's not a bad shout, Luke, because he I can see him pressing really high up, and if he dispossesses one of them, you know, high up the pitch, he could get something. Owen Bork's going for an optimistic seven two. That's my kind of prediction. I like that, um, <laughs> but I don't see them getting two. So <laughs> seven one for me. But um, it's it's a game that you have both said, and I agree a hundred percent. It it all depends on the start, doesn't it? It all depends. If it's a slow start, right, we could be uh, in for a bit of a, a tortured one. If we get on them straight away, if we start to pounce on these, we will absolutely marmalade them and we'll go through them for, I think, four, three or four goals. Um, it's... One more thing before I go. So, obviously, as you know, Arsenal's in North London. I live in North London. It's at my girlfriend's house today. And whenever I've seen the Liverpool team bus this season, it's always had the Ellison's black team bus behind it, which is for the physio, the wider staff. And then in front of it is always the red team bus. So anyway, I'm walking down the street. I'm onto PayPal because I've got like 300 quid in my account and they're not giving it to me. So I'm looking at it and I look up and in the distance, I can see this Ellison's team bus, which has just gone past me. I just, I was just in my phone and I've gone, I recognise that. And I've gone like that to see what's in front of it. And obviously, a big red thing goes past you in London. That's just a bus. And I've gone, is that a bus? And I've looked like that. And I've seen the Liverpool badge on the on the fucking bus. The Liverpool lads have driven past me today. It's just, and, and, and I sprinted so fast down the road to at least try and get some kind of zoomed in video. But they turned the corner, man. And I was absolutely fuming with myself. I was so upset. So upset. Training at Brisbane Road, already uh, late in the morning. Honestly, but yeah, it's good to good to at least know that I've been meeting the presence of greatness. Yeah, yeah. exactly. (laughs) Good stuff, good stuff. So, listen, lads, I've taken up enough years at time there. I want to thank you both for joining us for this show tonight. So, Alex, thanks very much. Um, anyone that's uh watching, let them know where they can catch it if they want to get more of your content. Yeah, uh, the Cop TV. Um, we call ourselves the voice of football's most famous stand, which we all know is the Cop. Um, you know, we've got some really good content on there. On July the 22nd, next Wednesday, we have It Means Everything dropping, and I'm doing the voiceover for that tomorrow. So that's like a really emotive kind of slow mo, me outside Anfield kind of vibe so that'll be good we've got fan cams after the game on t- uh, tomorrow uh, and then if you want my personal account I always say it AGT is always America's Got Talent but I'm always the second guy under that so <laughs> you're in good company there then and Stroud yeah. what about yourself yeah I'd say talent good stuff <laughs> and Stroud where um, can we catch you so obviously Mr. Bloodstrow on on Instagram, Ryan William and EWF on, on Twitter. And then, uh, obviously, for those that know me, obviously, my little sister passed away from mental health and I've won a foundation charity for mental health in her honour, which is the Alicia Weirman Foundation, uh, which I am in the process of sorting out a huge, huge charity football game. Yeah, me which, that, by the way. 100%, man. Like, everyone's yeah. welcome to the point where, obviously, if you've watched from a third eye, you've seen Chris Kirkland on the show recently, who could be featuring in the charity football game and a few others 
Um, so yeah, if you're suffering from mental health or you're just struggling, just yeah, hit me up at the Elisa Women Foundation. Good stuff, excellent stuff. Always happy to to promote that sort of stuff. Um, so look once again, thanks to everyone in the chat tonight uh, for joining us. I know it was a, a long evening for you with the show earlier. The day trippers are becoming like the widow makers, putting all this stuff on you. Our partners will be running amok. But sure, what can you do? We're only here for a short time. So look, I'll thank you all again, and I'll bid you all good night. At Capella University, education is as smart as the world around us. With the FlexPath format. You can take classes at your own pace, set your own deadlines, and even leverage your previous experience to move faster. Now that's smart. Learn more at capella.edu. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Oh, that's a cheer we used to do in softball. Uh, what? It's, uh, actually Geico's. Whenever someone hit a triple, we would wave our bats and yell, 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. But we never got to use it because we would only hit home runs. Annoying. The phrase is from Geico because they help save people money. Geico? Yeah, they were our team sponsor. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Sports Social Podcast Network.